Today, we continue with Dr. Bree Keaton, the Pygmy Lady, and her message titled, Revival Now. We pick up with Dr. Keaton relating how Patrick Mahomes was part of the prophecy about the Kansas City Chiefs and their role for revival to start in Kansas City. And they, they saw something in him, a spark, a spark of excellence, a spark of genius. And they hired this young man. And he came in and rallied the whole team. It was amazing what he did. And as soon as he got the chance, he led the team to win the Super Bowl 2020. Now, understand, we lost for 50 years. Suddenly we win. And the prophecy is set to come to pass. Everybody with me so far? Because it's a miracle. It's a miracle after 50 years. And the whole city was in an uproar. But remember now, the reason I was excited is revival. I want that revival. Oh, man. So I was cheering them on. <clears throat> okay. Guess what happened immediately? Anybody? COVID-19. And it shut the whole nation down. Do you think it's possible that the devil did not want that revival? Yes or no? Do you think the devil would fight a thing like revival? Anybody? Yes, he would. And I see it as a demonic attack from the second heaven. All right. So that was thwarted because of the lockdowns and the oh, be afraid and so on stuff. Next year, we went to the Super Bowl again. I won't discuss that. I'm going to skip that. There were reasons we lost that were all horrible. Not our fault. All right. Third year, the year of the Gimel. What did I tell you about the Gimel? Repentance. Come on. Do you know the last great revival in our nation was at Asbury in 1973? Come on, that was 50 years ago. Yes. Come on. Yes. That's the last time we won. And guess who led that? It was Mahomes' father. He was the quarterback of the team that won that year. You can see God's hand on this thing. I told you again, I don't like football, but I do love God. Amen. All right, so now... We won in 2023, the year of repentance and revival. And we won 50 years since the last great revival. And now, boom, we've got it. What happened immediately after we won that Super Bowl? Anybody? Come on. Asbury. And how many colleges busted out in revival? Even secular colleges, not all Christian. And do you know that it exploded overseas in Uganda, Israel? I heard all these countries that were moving into revival as soon as this happened. Now, what? Oh, I should tell you. In the NFL, National Football League, there's only one team that has church on the grounds next to the stadium before every home game. Guess which one it is? The Kansas City Chiefs. We have church, and the, the Hunt family said, we care more about Jesus Christ 
and people going to church than we care about football. What other team owners would ever say that? So they, they don't care. But they said, we want you to go to church so you can go to church and walk right across the grass and go to the stadium. How about that? So this is something. They care about Jesus more than they care about football. I don't know of any other team like that. I feel like God selected our team for this purpose. It's a sign and a wonder. So now, we know that the Asbury thing happened. It was great. It was awesome. But now, what we really need is for this to go on. We don't want it to stop just because the dean of the college shut it down so the kids would go back to class. I wish I was dean of that college. We'd have shut nothing down. We'd have kept going. But I'm not the dean of that college. Uh, the college I go to, I know they would have kept going. You know, where I got my doctorates, they're on fire. They love the Lord. But those people thought that class was very important. I'm sure they got hateful calls from parents going, why isn't little Johnny in class? So they shut it down. Now, this thing is spreading. Do you want to be part of it? <clears throat> yes or no? Yes or no? You see, you got to choose whom you will serve. There are things you have to lay down in order to take up the cross. Yes? Do you guys... Do you guys ever realize you have to take up a cross? The day you were born again is the day that you joined an army. You joined an army. Now, what army was that? Anybody? God's army. Remember the song, God's got an army marching through the land. And I love that song. I used to march around my house singing it and waving my sword and praising the Lord. I couldn't help myself because when I was born again, I was so in love with the Lord. I was so thankful. I was so grateful because I was actually in a hotel room in Florida traveling as a musician and as a warm-up act for rock stars. And, and I was trying to kill myself, and God intervened. And I was so thankful, I just threw away that life altogether. I canceled everything. I turned my back on that life, and I came home to serve the Lord. He who is forgiven much will love much. True or false? Yeah. See, the more you're forgiven, the more you're going to love. And I was very much zealous and on fire, and I had lots of zeal and zero wisdom, and I did a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> But we won a lot of souls in the process, and it was very exciting. Now I want to see each individual revived within yourself so you can go and bring that spark, bring that fire to a desperate world. I want to know if you're with me so far, because this is a big deal. I want to talk about my favorite revival. This one lasted four full years. You know that's good, right? This is called the Lewis Awakening, and it began right after World War II on a little island off the coast of Scotland, Lewis Island. And it began in 1949 through 1953. It was one of the most amazing things 
the world has ever seen. So here's what happened. There were two elderly ladies. You see, oh, I'm too old. I'm just too old. You know, I just, I can't get up and I can't go any, do anything for the Lord because I'm too old. Wait a minute. This one was 82 and one was 84, and the 84-year-old was blind. And their names were Peggy and Christine Smith. And they were faithful. They loved the Lord. And one day they got a vision from God. And the vision was that they saw the young people on the island flooding into the churches and repenting and coming to Christ. And so they began to pray into that, the two of them, every night from 7 p.m. until the wee hours of the morning. They were on their knees praying and praying and praying. Oh, God, bring this vision to pass. You see, it seemed impossible at the time because there were no young people in any church on that island at the time, not one. See, after the war, People went kind of crazy. That was true all over the world. And, and so there was a lot of sin. and All the young people were in the dance halls and the bars, and they were doing things they shouldn't do, and they were certainly not coming to the Lord. So as the two of them prayed and prayed for the young people to flood into the church and for revival to come, they decided one night, hey, let's ask the elders of the church there in Stornoway, which is one of the little uh, uh, cities on the island. And they went to their elders, please, would you pray with us? And all the elders said, oh, yes, oh, yes, we'll catch the vision with you. And so all of them got together, and they were on their knees on the floor in that church, straw floor. Can you imagine? You, you guys ever get down on your knees to pray? Do your knees start to hurt? Owie, owie. Well, for me, when my knees start to hurt, I'll get a pillow for each knee. And I'll, I'll get on those pillows because my knees start hurting me. But you know that they prayed for hours every night on their knees in that straw for weeks, months. One night, they were all praying a certain scripture, which is my favorite revival scripture. And I want all of you... Just start praying this scripture every single day and you start crying out for revival and then act on it. Get on your knees, cry out. And here it is, Isaiah 64. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens. That means open them, tear them apart, pour out of your spirit. So it says, oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, O Lord that the mountains might flow down at thy presence, as when the melting fire burneth. The fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries. Ooh, I love that. Do you love that? That the nations may tremble at thy presence. Wow. Now there's a revival scripture for you. My favorite, my personal favorite. And if you really want revival, we need to get serious about it and really press into the Lord. And of course, they had other scriptures they were praying, but that was the number one catalyst for this 
uh, thing to break out. Now, <clears throat> I want to read you something from the Stornoway Gazette that was published before this broke out, and it shows you something that I think. This is what the Presbytery, uh, they said in the Stornoway Gazette. Remember, that's the, where the little church was, where they were all praying. They said, the Presbytery of Lewis, that would be Lewis Island, having taken into consideration the low state of vital religion. Would you say there's a low state of vital religion in America? Not just here, it's around the world. Very sad state. They call the people to take a serious view of the divine displeasure. Do you think God's displeased with the stuff that's going on in our nation? How about taking five-year-olds and cutting their genitals off and telling little boys that they're little girls? You see, we, we've come to the place where we're calling good evil and evil good. Does that sound like scripture to you? See, it's all happening right now. If you can't tell me what a woman is, something is seriously wrong with you. But yet those are the people leading our nation now. What has happened? to this once great nation, founded on scriptures, our laws, and everything that we have written to reflect the glory of God. Our own revolution was to be set free from a wicked king. King George III was a tyrant. He was wicked. He was actually coming down hard at that day on the Christians. He made it a law that they had to report what they were going to say before they said it. And they weren't allowed to preach anything outside what the king said was acceptable. And they weren't allowed to speak out against the king. Do you know what happened? Patrick Henry, my mother, was related to Patrick Henry. And I heard about Patrick Henry my whole life growing up. And my family had a book of all the things that no one knows about that he just said and did that's never been recorded. I have a whole DVD on this called, uh, let's see, it's called Give Me Liberty. I have a whole DVD on this, all the things that Patrick Henry did and how he saved America. But just back to this, he was a preacher and he was a lawyer. He never lost a single case, never lost one case. The glory of God was on the man. And when he stood to speak, he prayed an hour in the morning and he prayed an hour at night. And he pressed into God. He was a mighty man of valor and a preacher. He would do circuit riding. He got elected to the House of Burgesses, which was kind of like our Senate, but it was overseen by the king. And Jefferson... Washington, Madison, all the guys you've ever heard of were in the House of Burgesses, except for this. Those guys had all been given tens of thousands of acres of land in favor from King George III. Do you think they want to rebel, these rich men? No, they're not going to rebel. It took somebody like Patrick Henry. He stood up. He was a man of the people. He had to work for everything he ever got and work hard. 
And so he came in, the people elected him, and he came in, and his first day in the house of Burgesses, he stood up and he said, we have to stand up against King George, and we have to stop what he's doing. Because he had gone around and defended all these pastor friends of his that he knew all over uh, Rich, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and all over Virginia, he went around and defended them all in court. Because the king was going after the Christians. Are you listening? What just happened in our nation? There was a sweet little Christian school, and, and, and this crazy person came in and shot six people dead, three of them children, three of them adults, innocent people, and they shot them dead, and the nation did nothing. They didn't care about the innocent Christians that were murdered. They stood with the, the other person who was what, a trans that came in and murdered them for no reason, by the way. This is the state of our nation. The Christians are now under attack. Who agrees with me? Two hands, three, four, five. Okay, there we go. You see, you better wake up. Patrick Henry fought this fight. And here was the last catalyst, the last straw for him. He was riding along, and he came into a certain little town. And in that town, he saw 12 of his friends that he had defended in courts of law from the wicked, lying laws of the King George III. And they were in stocks, and they were being beaten. And he got off his horse, and he said, what's going on here? And they said, they're being punished because... They didn't follow the rules of King George and they were speaking against the wicked laws that he was enacting against the Christian pastors, telling them what they could and could not say. And he watched his friends murdered in front of him. People he knew that loved Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. He got back on his horse and he rode up to Richmond, where the House of Burgesses was in session, and he stood up and he made one of the greatest speeches of all time that everybody should know. It's all on that give me liberty. I've performed the whole thing exactly as he did it with all his movements because it was all recorded exactly what he did and how he did it. And so I perform it on there. It's worth a watch. And he ended with the, the thing everybody remembers, the last thing. As for me and my house, give me liberty or give me death. And people jumped up and started hollering, liberty or death. And they all ran down to the courthouse. The men, all of them, they sewed it on their clothes. The women sewed it on their clothes, liberty or death. They all joined up to fight against King George III, who was actually crazy. He had a disease called pargoria, which runs in the royal bloodlines because of all the inner intermarriage they do. The bloodlines are badly tainted. And so he was a lunatic, actual lunatic. Who fights against their own colonies that's making them money? It's stupid. So King George, the crazy loon. So now, so they all began to fight, and Patrick Henry was the first commander-in-chief of the armed forces. You didn't know that, did you? 
he quit because they spread awful lies about him. The people that hated him and didn't want this war spread lies about him, and he quit. He said, my reputation's at stake. I quit. Washington stepped up and took over. Then Patrick Henry became the first governor of Virginia, and he was governor over and over, I think, five times. But he wrote what we would call the... Um, Bill of Rights. Did you know that after we won the war, they wrote a constitution for us and wagged it around to the 13 colonies to be signed? Did you know the constitution had no Bill of Rights? Who knew it? No Bill of Rights. The people that wrote it had been puppets of King George. Are you clear on this? And they thought, well, we'll step into that role. And they wrote, no Bill of Rights for you and me. But Patrick Henry did. He wrote it for the uh, for Virginia. And so they took that. He went in to the, uh, to the meetings they had, the, the convocations and all, and he stood up and filibustered for three days. When it got to Virginia, he did not want Virginia to sign it because there was no Bill of Rights. And they wouldn't listen to him. So he got up on the third day and headed for the door. And Madison, who was five feet tall, he was a little bit <laughs> bitty guy, he chased him down. He said, give me that list of the Bill of Rights and I give you my word at the next convocation. I will make sure that they pass it. And he said, well, here's a copy. And he went right down to the Richmond Gazette and he handed it to them. And he said, here's our Bill of Rights. Send it to the 13 colonies as if it was passed. <laughs> and it went to all 13 colonies and all, come on, come on, listen. I'm telling you this for a reason. The people woke up. Oh, we all just agreed to something that has no rights for the people. And so his action caused the people to wake up and they demanded a Bill of Rights. How about that? Don't you want to thank Patrick Henry now? All right. So what are they doing now in this day? They're whittling away at them to take them away from us. One by one, they hammer and they hammer and they hammer. And they go past laws the people don't want. You take a poll, 90% don't want it. They pass it anyway. They don't care. Where are the Patrick Henrys? Where are the Patrick Henrys? Wake up. You see, God's calling a, a, a mighty people to make a stand. But our stand, if we have no rights, maybe they'll put us all in stocks and kill us all like they did the pastors in the day of Patrick Henry. That's why you have to make your stand. Do you understand me? This is a day and an hour not for cowards not for pacifists, not for lukewarm. This is the day and the hour for the sons of God to arise and let God's enemies be scattered. Amen? Amen. So this, back, I'm going to wrap this now. I'm going to finish this up, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not done yet, but I'm going to tell you the end of it. Here is the Lewis Awakening. There was a young man named Donald Smith who was with the Presbytery at the Stornoway Church. 
And he stood up one night and he shouted a scripture as loud as he could. And he prayed the revelation scriptures and the heavens opened and they were rent. And all the young people that were there in the dance halls, they stood still. They were frozen like this. They couldn't move. And the glory of God hit them. And they ran out of the dance halls. There were 600 of them. And they ran. They saw a bright shining light over the church in Stornoway. And they ran to that church in the night. And the, when the glory of God hit, people fell down on the roads and fainted. They fell down in their boats. They were out cold. Fire set on the houses. Fire trucks came. There were no fires. The houses shook like a hurricane, but there was no hurricane. A mighty storm arose. 600 people jammed themselves into that little church. Children from the dance halls, the young people, were all saved that night. 600. And the next night, 14 busloads of people came from all over the island to that little church, and revival began, and it lasted four years. Now I'm going to tell you, Peggy and Christine Smith and Donald Smith are relatives of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's mother was born on Lewis Island, and her maiden name was Smith. And he was named after the young man who was the final catalyst for the outbreak of one of the great revivals of all time, the Lewis Awakening. God, let it be so here. Let it be so here in America. God, draw your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, rend the heavens. Let your enemies tremble before a holy God. Let your people arise and let the cowards repent and let the mighty wave of the glory of God hit America one last time and draw us into a great awakening and a great revival. Lord, let it be so and let many come in from the valley of decision. Show us your will, Lord, and let us walk in it. And in this last day, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we need a revival, repentance. Without that, I'm telling you, this nation is going into suffering and persecution. Millions will die. That's right. I'm also leading Eagle Saving Nations. The goal is to get into the NFL stadiums, the NBA stadiums, the civic centers, arenas, churches. And once again, Amen. usher in the power of God through Pentecost Amen. and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which half of the church nullifies, the other half don't seem to care. But Jesus said, you need to tarry, don't even try to represent me without my power flowing through you. We need yeah. to get back to the words of Jesus, Pentecost, yeah. and usher in a great awakening. Yeah. Fear takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. We need to once again be bold as lions, not intimidated cowards like Peter was before he was baptized. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and join Eagles Saving Nations. God bless you.